But it's interesting. I, I re remember someone once saying to me, you know, all these questions, something happens and, and we ask, why did this happen to me? What can I do about it? How can I fix it? You know, and she said, the universe can only answer one question at a time. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's true. How, how can I hear, or how can I hear the answer if I'm just looping right into the next question, right? That was very, that was very helpful. So slow it down, ask one question at a time. That's a nice thing about the Akashic Records. You can only ask one question at a time. Hello, and welcome to Phone a Crone. Author and gemotherapist Lauren Hubley and artist Christine Terrell are calling up creative, wise women all over the globe. Listen in as these women share their stories, knowledge, and insights about where we are, what's next, and how to connect to our own deep ancestral wisdom. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Christine. And we're here with Janet Kessenick, who will be sharing some words of wisdom with us quite soon. But before that, Christine and Janet, I just ask that you join me in setting the intention for our listeners. And listeners, may you hear exactly what you need in this moment. And when called upon, please share it with a fellow traveler. So... Janet, welcome. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you very much, Christine and Lauren. I'm delighted to be here and look forward to this conversation. I know that it will be rich. I'm sure it will, no doubt. Janet, why don't we open up um, with you just sharing an explanation or definition that you use for the work you, you do? Thank you. My work is multifaceted, as is true for many of us, I think. I am a sound healer. I use energy work to clear the chakras, to retune the energy field. And I also work with the Akashic Records and do readings. What ties those two together is that my whole purpose in my work is to help us come back into remembering ourselves in our essence. Sometimes we think we our essence is lost from us. I don't believe the essence ever leaves. I think that we lose track of it. And so it is always the aim of my work to help my clients return to that sense of who they truly are in their essence self. And this can be helped through a reading that a reading is a healing in many ways. It can be validating. It reinforces who we are. It can bring information and wisdom from the divine. And similarly, through the chakra work that I use and the vibrational work, our, my clients are helped to cl clear the decks, you know, kind of clean out their energy field of whatever's not serving them and return to that vibration of their essence. So it's about remembering, and I think of essence as who we truly are in our spiritual evolved self. So those are the two things that I do. And I um, primarily, I'm a teacher, I've written a book, you know, haven't we all and um, shared many things. And um, my teaching work really is about 
identifying and cultivating spirituality in everyday life. So where, as you wash the dishes, where can you be spiritually? As you're doing your errands, as you're coming into your work, can you remember that you are in spirit and finding some means of doing that to help to help ourselves? Um, and so that's that's basically what I'm doing. Janet, I can think of 500 questions, right, Christine, going off in many different directions. But I think I'm going to take us all the way back to your mentioning the type of work you do, because um, obviously the essence of it rings true for us and was true for many of the women that we've interviewed of remembering and you're, you're whole. You just need to remember. But you said a term I think most of our listeners may or may not be so familiar with, and that's Akashic Records. Can you speak to that? Yeah, the Akashic Records are a spiritual, I think of them as a spiritual dimension that holds our soul's archive. The information that transcends all time and space, that is your essence, who you really are at your truest vibration. So the records hold that information from your past lives, where you are presently, and really what future possibilities can, can be held also. The term Akasha, Akashic means a primary substance out of which thing, all things are formed. A collection of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent that have occurred in the past, present, or future. Some people refer to it like as the cloud, you know, the book of life or the cloud that holds all of this information for us. And so we are, when we step into our records, we're accessing knowledge that we have, but we can't find necessarily. And so it helps us and the divine is bringing that information to us through our, the questions that we ask often the the records begin by just offering information um, and and a greeting message in a sense there i find it a very loving and supportive experience they will also give you straight talk and um, make sure that it's you're hearing the message that you need to hear even if it might be a hard one to hear mm -hmm. I, my brain is kind of broken around all of this. It's like so amazing. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to ask another question that um, I guess, you know, actually, how long have you been doing that? That's actually something I'm curious about. How long have you been doing those readings? I've been working with the Akashic Records really a fairly short time for um, two and a half years or so. What has been longer in terms of listening to intuition is that the chakra clearing work that I use with my clients is very intuitively guided. So it's a little bit like just calling a different phone number, but getting this kind of the same, um, I, you know, I won't say it's the same. Can I say it's the same and different? Uh, it, but there's, um, I was used to listening intuitively for 20 years through my energy healing practice when I came 20 or more, I lost count, um, before I came into doing the Akashic Records readings. So it offered a different format and structure for reaching 
and accessing this information, but it was not a brand new process to me. Okay. Interesting. Well, for 20, but 20 years ago to come into energy work, that was not super common. How did you come into that work? It really was not at all. And um, it's been interesting to watch the evolution of this. I can tell a short version or a longer version. Good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the, the, the all the way back, interestingly, is that when I was a child growing up in Canton, Ohio, my um, my mother, when I was oh, in my maybe fifth or sixth grade, took me to a Presbyterian church where they were doing laying on of hands spiritual healing services. And this was not, you know, a holy roller, you must believe kind of is very quiet and very subdued. But we went to the front, laying on of hands. And, you know, that that was it. It was but it was a very moving experience to me. And I con and continued to be fascinated with at that time, I would call it religion, because I didn't know the expanded version into spirituality, but I continued to be quite fascinated by it. And in fact, did my high school senior thesis paper on spiritual healing. Wow. And I still have that paper and, you know, I kind of look back on it and think, oh my gosh, this is crazy. My, my passion at the time though, growing up was, was music and I was a pianist. And so I went to school and college in music, stayed spirit, became more spiritual, but, you know, flash forward, seem to be talking in 20, 25 years here. But um, in my forties, I went to an acupuncturist for some pain in my foot. She and I talked spirituality as we were uh, working there on my foot and repetitive times. And um, I was quite in, she really hoped to open up my sense of what else there is in terms of connecting with spirit besides the church. And there came a point when my passion for music died it faded and died rather immediately. No one was more surprised than I was. And I remember saying to my acupuncturist, you know, I wish I could do what you do and help people to, you know, connect with themselves and feel better in their body, but I'm not at all interested in becoming an acupuncturist. And she said, well, there's Reiki, you know, you could do some that you can learn that very fast and you can work with Reiki. And that was really the start of where I came into spirituality and spiritual healing and began doing Reiki and then this energy healing, healing process um, with the chakras. Left music behind until a few years into that practice, someone introduced me to working with tuning forks and having declared myself done with music, I don't do music anymore. All of a sudden I was back in music, but at the vibrational level, I was no longer playing the piano and making songs and using chords. It was the essence of music is vibration. And my theme is to get to the essence of ourselves. So there was a very interesting little de development there. Wow. Wow. Janet, I'd love to hear some of the influential people along the way in your growth spiritually. 
um, reading people you read, people that informed how you believe today? Sure. Um, I I worked with a Shakti Gawain book on creative visualization that spoke to me. There was um, the conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh. This is back at the beginning. Yeah. Um, that spoke to me a lot, and Eckhart Tolle, especially the power, not the power of now, the the New Earth in particular, um, have been so. Those those are a lot of the core influences that spoke to me spiritually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your your speaking about your book on spirituality sounds um, very much like Thich Han's work. What my when you spoke about your uh, book on spirituality and talked about being in the present moment while you're washing dishes and bringing spirituality into the everyday, it sounds very much like Technicon. I'm just wondering if he was also a teacher in some ways through his writings for you. Oh, no, not not particularly. Yeah. Very nice. Um. I thought you were asking about the book that I wrote about spirituality, yes. which yes. is uh, called Music Lessons for the Spirit. Oh. So it is a collection of eight essays that I collected from, that I, they were the stories I found myself telling as I started teaching spirituality in everyday life. Um, they, there were some key moments in, so to speak, in music and with teachers and with different musical concepts that had a spiritual component to me. And so I started writing, writing those up. Lovely. Would you share one? Just oh, sure, sure. In music, there is this process, you know, Western music starts in a key. You're in the key of C major or A minor or some, some established key. And to create interest, a composer will modulate you to another key because it kind of brings a new tonal flavor to the music and adds interest and adds some some dynamism to the music. And then you go back home to your home key. So this process of modulation is very interesting to me because I realized that the eight notes of the scale of C major, if you just change from F to F sharp, you can modulate and land in G major. It takes a half step, not even a whole step to make a change, just a half step. I find that a very encouraging spiritual thought. If I want to make a change, it doesn't have to be this quantum leap all at one time. I can take a half step in that direction and the whole landscape can change. Mm -hmm. you know, Wayne Dyer is famous for saying, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm -hmm. This to me is that little shift of focus and suddenly I can be in a new place in the way I'm viewing my life and myself, my placement in my life. So modulation has a spiritual component for us that elevates and shifts and transforms from the littlest, tiniest increments. A half step is the smallest increment in Western music. Eastern music has quarter tones and you know even smaller. 
but in our system of the West, Western music, it's just a half step and it's amazing what it can achieve. Mm -hmm. okay. Wow, that's so beautiful. Um, having practiced so long, do you feel like you've noticed a change in your, in the people that come to you? Like I ask in this, Lauren and I talk a lot about how things are, everybody talks about how things are speeding up and different people are engaging in different ways. And I'm wondering if you've seen that in your own practice over time. I've certainly found that the initial interest and willingness to experience something through my venue, through my kind of work, has become much more open and much more um, attainable for people. I mean, I used to... Um, really have to do a lot of explaining at the cocktail party about what do you do you know and to try to explain what that is and still in many ways you know people need to come and experience a reading or um, a healing treatment and find out whether it resonates with them or not before they're going to really be open to shift but yes i feel more either I'm explaining it a little better before they come or there's a more open resonance for people. I think that there's what's what's clear to me is that, I mean, it almost sounds like way, way past this time, but I can remember the point when people finally said, oh yeah, well, maybe there's a body-mind connection. Maybe my stress has to, do, maybe my heart blood pressure has to do with my stress, big revelation, right? <laughs> and, and not everybody still, you know, will, will come into things in that way. But the, the component that I feel is, has, was still missing at that time is the spirit element, body, mind, and spirit. And I feel that it's, it's equally important to the body, mind connection, and that we are more and more coming into the sense that I need to do some spiritual wellness. Even the closest to that maybe is, is Western traditional speak, talking therapy, and that can really be a great tool and is a great tool. But, and it doesn't, I've had therapists who've come to me for work because they've done all this therapy work, but it still hasn't quite shifted their own depression or their own sense of not really being who they really are, not being able to shift their worthiness you know, whatever it might be. Am I, I'm not sure if I've gotten uh, off. No. Absolutely. I think it's a lot has, it has to do with connectedness, right? Like connectedness to ourselves and connectedness to, I mean, that's, I think, I think, at least from my perspective, that is what spirituality is, right? Recognizing that. Um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Lauren? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting an opportunity to ask. Thanks, Christine. Yeah. So, Janet, I, I think I'm getting a real sense of what makes your work unique and special, but I'd love to hear your take on it. Like, what do you feel your superpower is in the work you do? <laughs> well, my husband would say my household super superpower is that I can work the coupon system at CVS and hardly pay a thing for anything. 
I don't think that's what you're asking about. But no, but that's a great story. Yeah. Um, I think my superpower is that I I'm curious to to understand why a client is challenged with their worthiness or why they can't break free of their family of origin and its messages. And so I love to work with helping to tease that out and to reframe or reorder, modulate, for example, modulate and evolve their sense of those things that are stumbling blocks that are getting in their own way. I think that we all have these aspects to ourselves that get in our own way and we know what that means. You know, I just can't quite get there and why and what what is it that's holding me back? And I just am so intrigued to work with people to help them re discover what their true essence empowerment is not power over it's not hierarchical power it's not anything like that but it's that that's their superpower right is to find out who what their true empowerment is and it might be it, it you know it might show up then in how they work professionally but that's not I mean, the essence is who who you are in your path and it doesn't so much matter exactly where you are working and expressing your essence. The question is if you are able to come from and through that. And that's, I don't know if it's my superpower, but it's my super focus. It's my super intention to help people achieve that. I don't like the word achieve, connect with that. Yeah, I, I love that. And I love that what I'm hearing, and you tell me if this sounds right, it's your curiosity, your ability to be curious, stay curious, and lead one to see their own superpower. Right, right. Does that feel right? Yes. I mean, I think that's what all of our work is about, isn't it? It's to, through whatever modality, to help do you, do you know the six word memoir? There's a, this little, there's a, you can look it up. There's this thing about identifying your six word memoir. So years ago we were at dinner with friends and they were playing, we were playing this game. So what's your six word memoir? And I said, oh, I have no idea. I have no idea what my six word memoir is. And I was, we were talking about what we had done that day. We'd left that behind, you know, talking about what we'd done that day. And, and I said, well, you know, I was, I was cleaning the house and it's not, it's not great, but it's better than it was. And I realized, oh, that's my that's my six word memoir. I make things a little better. <laughs> and I occasionally would like to claim that I make things a lot better. I mean, that happens too, you know, but I make things a little better. So when a client finishes a session or a reading and they say, oh, I feel more like myself again that to me is that's like a five-star rating because that's that's the deal we all know that feeling right we've we've you know you have flu for a couple of days and finally you recover and go oh i feel like myself again well that's what an energy 
modality can do. It's what homeopathy can do. It all helps us find that feeling. Can we 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 recognize it when we're in it, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that that connection and curiosity, I do feel like that's a key. I kind of feel like curiosity is contagious, like your curiosity. Do you feel like your curiosity inspires people's own curiosity in their Sure, sure. And I think usually people are asking their why questions, you know, why do I feel like this? Why don't I feel like that? Why can't I figure this out? They're asking these they're they're rattling around in their head or they're screaming in their head so much that having someone else witness those questions and for example those those are the kinds of questions that one would ask in the akashic records you know why can't i figure this out you know and that's an information then the energy work can help to clear the blocks that are creating that distress and ultimately the answers start to come. But it's interesting, I, I re remember someone once saying to me, you know, all these questions, something happens and, and we ask, why did this happen to me? What can I do about it? How can I fix it? You know, and she said, the universe can only answer one question at a time. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's true. How, how can I hear, or how can I hear the answer if I'm just looping right into the next question, right? That was very, that was very helpful. So slow it down, ask one question at a time. That's a nice thing about the Akashic Records. You can only ask one question at a time. And you make a whole list of questions, but let's start with one, see what comes in and see where that leads us. Oh, that, that speaks so much to my idea of healing, right? We only deal with what, what's coming up and then we move, then we know where that takes us, right? Right. That's so lovely. Janet, Janet I, I, I'm, I'm more conscious of our time and I still have so many questions and I think our, our, our listeners will too. And um, one thing I wanna go back to because it, it struck me is that moment that you went into that church with your mother and the laying on hands what do you think shifted in you? Hmm. I think that there was a, I, I was young and this is a long time ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. feeling, feeling back. Yeah, to feeling back into it. I think there was a feeling of, um, of, of specialness, you know, the feeling of blessedness, I guess is a better word in that experience. I think it was touching to me that my mother wanted to do this. There was a physical reason my eyes were, my vision was sort of shifting a lot at that, at that age. And I think that was the physical impetus from it because actually our eye doctor was one of the people who was in that church. And, but it, it certainly awoke something because I remember then listening in my church to there was a visiting minister one summer and I, I wrote notes on his from his sermon. I mean, I, it, it became very a spiritual dimension probably became more alive to me at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that. And how old were you, Janet? Sixth grade is what I remember. Fifth, sixth grade. So that's 11 or 12 years old, something like that. Yeah. I think we've all had those moments where things were like this, something happens, and they were really never the same after that. We went off. Would you say that was one of those moments for you? You know, I had not really identified that as a shifting moment. I appreciate that question so much. But yes, as we as we think about it together, you and I, the three of us, yeah, I think that that was very, very um, transformational. Yeah. And planted some major seeds <clears throat> for later on, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I think it's interesting too because it it models clearly something Lauren and I have talked a lot about about healing, and this idea you know we have a pretty rugged individualism approach to healing in the West. You know you kind of have to do it on your own. You have to do your own work, which is true, but it's also true that we all heal best in community, and community looks like lots of different things, like your work, right? I mean, people. I've had a reading with you, right? It was amazing. And I learned things I would never have learned otherwise. And I couldn't have done that on my own, right? And so, um, yeah, I just comment, I guess, more than a question, that idea that, you know, that seeing that model so young, right, is is really something I, we should all see <laughs> all more of. Yeah. Yes, I, th I think that my mother, um, modeled and she she lived um, in a, a spiritual way she she was she and my my father devoutly went to church every Sunday which meant we did too and she was in prayer groups and she you know there were there are things about her um, faith at that time that I would disagree with it was more a little bit fear-based in her in her way but and it certainly created a vibrational field for me that, um, oh, I remember somebody once saying he was bringing his children into the Jewish faith, which was his tradition, so that they would have something to accept or reject when they were, you know, teenagers, mm -hmm. and young adults, and that, but they would have something that they could stay with or not. And without that something to hold on to, you know, there was, it's, it's harder to create it from the beginning. <clears throat> and so I feel that that's, I, I was steeped in a spiritual life, even though they would call it, consider it more religious than expanded spirituality. But yeah. For, for people listening that are maybe just coming into their own spirituality, do you have any advice for them? Yes, um, I think that listen to what speaks to you and resonates with you. Notice where you get quiet. Notice where you get quiet. Is it outside? Is it by a flowing river? Is it by at the ocean where it's so grand? The grandeur is amazing. Where do you get quiet? Where do you feel that quieting in you? That's, that's where you can listen at, and hear and ask, ask a question, one question, not five, but ask spirit a question, you know, remind me who I am, help me remember. 
help me remember you how and the we that is us the oneness that's lovely what you just did was um, a simple path to accessing one's inner guidance yeah well, I think I, you know how we're, we're talking to ourselves as well I mean that aspect of getting quiet is scarce in our lives yeah. you know of taking taking the moment having no music on in the car having no tv on in the background not having 15 things on our <clears throat> to-do list churning around in our minds <clears throat> oh this is my other my other brilliant uh strategy i put that in quotes for all you listeners <laughs> if you're a list making person write on your list sit for 15 minutes because if it's on the list you have to do it right or enjoy you put that on the list you got it it's required you have to do it so you can check it off later right but incorporate it onto your list <laughs> um this getting quiet for some reason brought up this idea of trust for me um and this like this idea that we're not all trusting ourselves, right? Like, I'm wondering if you have thoughts on how, you know, what it takes to get people to trust themselves or ideas on how that works for people. Well, if I, I distinguish myself and my capital S self. Mm. So it's the essence self that we're listening to trust and inviting the human self to tag along with that and connect with that. So that's a bit of a discernment is to, to notice what am I trusting? And perhaps the a guideline is, is what I'm looking at and feeling about this love-based or fear-based? Because if it's fear-based, then that's probably much more the, that that is the human self that is coming from fear love based is going to give us um, an essence and a divine platform or energy is there and, to shift it do you know do you know how to shift it from fear to love <laughs> come on Jim. <laughs> This, this is where a witnessing presence, someone else, mm -hmm. can give us the perspective. I, I'm willing to bet, Christine, that you are great at genuinely showing up for your friends and being able to say, "Listen, you've got this. This is you're you're okay here. You know, you're you're great. I believe in you, right? Yeah, Lauren, sure. you're her friend because she no, she does it all the time." <laughs> And that's from a genuine place in you, Christine, right? That's from an essence place that knows and sees. So if you're not sure for yourself, ask a friend, find a counselor, work with a, an energy per I mean, I feel like in my readings and client work with energy, so much of the time I'm validating what they already know. And that helps them trust themselves. Yeah. It's just most of that work it's not brand new news to them whatever the perspective is that we're looking at or the situation 
but having me sort of pop out with it and say, does that, is that what it feels like? Or does that word match? They say, yes, or no, but it takes them to the next place. It's great. Janet, I think you've really tapped into something that actually is a, a topic Christine and I've tossed around for years, right? How, how do we hold space for folks that really get stuck in this fear space and 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 stuck is the right word right trapped yeah yeah and and we see and, and so much of the challenge is we live in an environment that is fear-based and and trapped by fear and so when you're not following that dialogue you're step stepping out of pace with the collective right in fact, our culture capitalizes on fear. And it's interesting since we are, yeah, anyhow. That, yeah. yeah, that'd be a whole nother story, right? <laughs> and I, you know, I, I know fear base very well. It's, it's very familiar territory as is um, worthiness and unworthiness. And, um, oh, I used to have a bumper sticker in my mind about worthiness. It all boils down to worthiness. I think that we once we know our worthiness there, you don't have to be a bully, you don't have to be in fear, you are in trust. But we're talking about about that. Yeah. You know, fear, fear is when we start to recognize, I'm in fear, then we can say, I don't have to stay there. What is and ask, ask spirit to help help me find the answer that is neutral or even more loving or whatever that positioning is. Spirit is just so ready to step in and guide us. But that is a time to ask a question, not, you know, not to just thrash around in our own unknowing, which is what we often do when we get feel trapped, I think. Yeah. Thrash around in my own unknowing. That sounds like 90% of my life. <laughs> <laughs> But if you recognize that, then you then you know the other, right? So then you can say, okay, I'm going to start tipping that scale more and more of the time. First of all, you can shift from the thrashing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I also I also just like that. You know, still thinking about that trust thing. I like thinking about just going into whatever practitioner I'm going into and and being like instead of like, oh, my arm hurts, I'd be like, I want to trust myself more. <laughs> help me with that <laughs> that sounds like a very good incoming question right? <laughs> i think you'll know if you're in the right place very soon yeah. <laughs> christine i want to slide one more question yeah yeah go for it around, if it's okay with you i i'm already intuiting this answer but i think it would be good just to put it out on the table about janet the work you're doing day in and out with folks, how do you see that it's helping co-create this next paradigm we're moving into? Well, the, I, we keep using the term empowerment and because I do believe that co-creation relies on us to know our empowered self. And because we're inviting the divine to 
work with us rather than us turning it all over to God or the divine and saying, it's all up to you. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just here. It's all up to you. No, the new paradigm says, actually, we know the God within us. We know the spirit within us and we know it's empowerment and we're not shy about, in a sense, claiming that and allowing that to operate in and through us. There is we need to get away from, I think, this self-consciousness of saying the divine is me, I am the divine, because that's just inhibiting and limiting what the divine can do through us. And so the co-creation comes in that both and of I am, I am in human form and I am spirit, I am divine in my, through my essence, I am I am given that gift and everybody is an essence within themselves. I can look at some people in the world and say, they don't feel very in touch with their essence to me. And it's pretty bad news the way it's showing up, but I still believe that there is essence in them because I believe that's the divine gift for us all. And as we recognize that and use that to shape our lives, to shape our interactions, to be in communication with the rest of essence, you know, this, that's the shift. That's the co-creation. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. Lightning round. Are we there? Okay. I always hate lightning round because that means it's the end of these talks. <laughs> I think we should get rid of lightning round, Lauren. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we'll do this one. Um, what's one thing that you were looking forward to? I think tying in with what we were just talking about, I'm looking forward to myself and each and every one of us being deeper and deeper in connection with our essence and more fully in connection and living through essence while we're in human form. I mean, I think when we die, the body sheds and, you know, it's all spirit. But I, we, we know those people that we see and meet who are all lit up in their essence. And that's what I hope to continue to evolve towards my, within myself and to help others do. And that's what I look forward to. That's beautiful. Um, what's one thing you still want to learn about? Um, there are plenty of arenas, like I'd love to know about watercolors and um, know more about the Akashic Records, know more about astronomy, because <laughs> I know nothing. But I, in terms of my own self, I want to learn more how to be, I mentioned my to-do list, more how to be comfortable with being instead of doing mm. and feeling that same satisfaction from being that I feel from checking things off my list. Interesting. Yeah, that's really, that's really lovely. <laughs> All right, final one. What's one thing that you do as a regular daily practice? I acknowledge the four directions and 
I acknowledge a myriad of animal spirit guides that I have cultivated around me. And I just nod and say hello to them every morning. And I notice that the days that I don't do that, that I'm not quite as connected and as collected, it feels like collecting those energies, connecting with them and tapping into them, tapping some of myself into them and receive, giving and receiving, giving my attention, receiving theirs. So that's, a, those are practices that I do every day. Yeah. Practices of reciprocity. Those are amazing. Love that. <laughs> that's the gift, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Janet, where, where can folks learn more about your work? We'll certainly include some links in the um, show notes, but anything you'd like to give a call out for? Oh, thank you. My website holds it all. Um, it's spiral, like the geometric shape, spiralenergies.com. And that has radio shows that I did. It has blog posts. It has descriptions about the different healings and treatments and readings that I do and um, descriptions of some of the workshops that I've offered. So that's my best source. And people are also welcome to be in touch by email or um, I, I love to hear from people. I'm happy to talk about questions and concerns. Yeah. Thank you for being so generous with all your words of wisdom with us here today. Yes. Thank you for your insightful questions. They, they, they draw it right out. I'll tell you that whatever, whatever's here to tap, I'm happy to, happy to be invited. Thank you. We are so grateful to our guests for making time to share about their work and their life so wholeheartedly. Stay with us while Lauren and I discuss a bit of what came up for us during the conversation. Okay, Christine, I have about 350 words I've written down from Oh my that. gosh, you're such a good note taker. <laughs> it's that good Catholic school training. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me is this remembering self. I mean, that, that theme just ran through everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. She, when she talked about the, you know, the trusting, when she made that discernment, right, between the trusting our essence and trusting our self, which, you know, I think of ourself, it was a really great um, delineation, right? I never really, I mean, I kind of, I mean, obviously I felt that, I knew that, but just hearing her vocalize that in that way was really powerful for me. Yes, I think she brought, um, you, you know, like many of our um, guests that we've had, there are similar themes that run through all of them. But I felt um, um, Janet's take on things was very fresh and the in the moment of where we are today. And I actually drew a little diagram when she was talking about this um, human self and 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 our essence of self and and understanding that these two dialogue all the time yeah 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 no that's true what's your diagram look like man I want to see that <laughs> I'm, I, it's just for me Christina oh, dang it. You, you know I love the diagrams 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I know the designer in you comes out there. I I have to say, I was really touched by her story about with her mother. And maybe, you know, there's some similar threads in my life that I um, spent a period of time with the Catholic Charismatic Group, um, which found seems a little more dogmatic than what she was experiencing. But that touches something in you and you you may feel like okay this isn't exactly the framework that works for me but this involves grace and I want to find my way back there yeah no that's interesting again because I didn't have any real religious upbringing so you know a lot of those stories in the past a lot of those stories would have resonated for me in a very you know particular way not particularly positive either but it's right. interesting as I've you know on my own maturation I guess or spiritual growth or whatever when I hear that story I think oh that was about community right mm -hmm. like I never really saw the community in in the religious folks that were around me I just didn't feel the community I'm not saying it wasn't there but it just I wasn't part of it and it didn't look super it didn't look very welcoming, quite frankly, at least in my, you know, at least my very narrow experience. But I do see when I hear stories like that now, I'm like, oh, that was really important, right? Like, yeah, agreed. They weren't always doing things I would have wanted them to be doing, but they were together doing it. And clearly it, it changes a lot of people's lives. It changed her life in a way that she wasn't even clear about until she started retelling the story, right? Yeah, exactly. And the, the image that came to mind, I didn't draw this, but I would have, was a portal. It just opened a portal in her. And really what I, my takeaway was, as she talked about her work and how it helps one remember self, I think there was a moment there that she remembered herself. And so to have that happen, you have to feel safe. Yeah. And so regardless of any um, change in her belief system, I, my sense is she felt very safe in that moment and um, protected by this community that allowed this opening to occur. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the other thing that story brought up for me is this idea that you know, our sole purpose is laid out for us. Like we are, you know, if we're living in alignment, we, those things happen for us, right? Yeah. Like that happened for her because for a reason, right? She was gonna go eventually and do the work she's doing, right? Like, mm -hmm. and it had to happen in the way that it, it happens, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm not saying that there's certainly lots of folks that can miss those things and not take the path yeah. that's being laid out for them. But I like, I like seeing, or hearing those stories that you can see clearly like, oh, well, that was supposed to happen. <laughs> right? That was definitely going to set them off on a path. Right. And, you know, there could have been a lot of different storylines. Like she could have gotten trapped in that setting yeah. and never grown beyond it. But um, the, the word that she used uh, herself, Janet talks about being curious. It was her curiosity that allowed her to explore beyond those confines of a religious setting into spirituality. 100%. And that, that curiosity theme is 100% woven throughout all of these, all of yeah. these stories, right? Yeah. Here's another word I wrote down, pioneer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, 
just the fact that she started energy work doing that 20 years ago, the fact that she wrote that paper as a high school student. (laughs) Wow. I wasn't thinking that way at 17. How about you? No, no. But again, that soul path thing, right? Like, you know, I know that I was doing, I was coloring in little geometric square things when I was like seven, right? Like I was going to be a designer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was plant gardens. I should have paid attention to that, right? (laughs) (laughs) You did, but you had to get all the other information too. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Anything else come up for you in this talk? I mean, everything, like it just everything I do, like the Akashic Records part of it for me is is fascinating. And just having had just that one experience with her in the reading, that whole, I think it's hard to, for anybody to understand that until you just do it. You know, it's hard to talk about it. It's hard to understand what's what's going on when you're in it. You don't necessarily know what's going on, but it's um, it's really it's it's a I mean, that connectivity, right? Like having somebody help you connect again to yourself, right? You're not connecting to some, you know, I'm not connecting to your Akashic records, right? I'm connecting to me, my own. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's a great um, entryway for um, anyone interested in this work. I mean, you've just listened to Janet. She holds such beautiful, safe space and, um, uh, my experience too. Actually, I would say it was mind blowing. <laughs> I don't use that very often. And I walked into it really not knowing what to expect at all either. And I love things like that. I, at, at 63, I adore that. Um, I didn't earlier in life, but <laughs> I love just stepping off and going, okay, I can drop on my agenda at the door. And so I highly recommend that experience for folks. Yeah, absolutely. That was good. I'm sure I could go for another 10 minutes, but I know we can't. So, (laughs) okay. Okay. Great. Thanks, Christine. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. We are so excited to be in conversation with these fascinating and powerful women. If you would like to work with them directly, you can find all the information you need in the show notes. You can also get in touch with us through our websites, lauren at laurenhubelay.com or christine at adaptiveforuser.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. We'd love it if you took a moment to rate and review the show as well. It helps us connect to even more amazing women.